Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Justin, this is Jim. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim. Appreciate you taking my call. Um, Love the show. I have a a Highland home. It's just a few years old up in Prosper. And I have a four-car garage. So the, the span going across is pretty wide. And I don't think it's engineered to take much decking or storage, but I'd like to add some decking and storage up there. What should I expect to um, pay, or is this something I could do myself, um, to get that engineered and potentially built and and then potentially even uh, decked? And who would I use for that? Well, typically for just getting a deck and stuff like that up there, any handyman will be able to do that. Uh, But you are correct. The span across the overhead door is probably going to be your weakest link the the garage ceiling actually should be strong enough that you can put the plywood up there and store some reasonably weighted items because normally those are put in with the anticipation that yeah there's going to be some load on them so that part i probably wouldn't get overly concerned with Um, it's really just going to be across the overhead doors that you could run into an issue and if it does, uh, the easiest thing is jack it back up and put a steel plate across the, the uh, door uh, on the inside. And mm-hmm. that ri- that stiffens it up to, to the point where you don't have to worry about it bagging. Okay. That's great. Hey, what, what kind of decking um, is best to use for, for that? Is there, is there a synthetic or should I just use some type of plywood? Nah, just some type of plywood. Whatever you can find, it's reasonable cost. And right now, good luck with that one. Oh, yeah, half inch is fine. Okay, great. Hey, I really appreciate it, Jim. Kevin, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. No, thank you very much. I got a quick question for you. I want to remodel my master bath, pull out the garden tub and shower, put in a single standalone shower along that whole eight-foot section right there. Obviously, they're going to have to move some drainage around and maybe some water supply lines. I have a post-tension slab. What is there? Any, is there any issues about cutting into that slab and changing things around? Don't cut the cables. Other than that, don't cut the cables. Everything else is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were asking me about trenching over 20 feet, I would, you know, to, to move the bathroom, I'd say, no, you don't want to do that. But you're talking, you know, maybe a five-foot trench in order to move the drain line for a tub-to-shower conversion, that type of stuff. That's not a problem at all. So as long as you don't cut the cables, you're, everything else is fine. Yeah. Okay, and if we wanted to do a, a zero, no-step entry into the shower, I'm thinking about my mother coming over here when she's older and not able to walk. If I do that, what kind of codes do I have to worry about? I know the drain is supposed to be four inches down. Does ADA kind of override that at all? Or uh, What do you mean code, that it's got to be four inches down? My understanding is the, the drain itself should be four inches below the, the curbing of the shower. And if I want to go with a zero curb, what are my options? Yeah, you you actually can do a, a rolling curb. Uh, and I've okay. done several of these where instead of just having that ridge across there, uh, right. I, I use the mortar mud to create just this gradual slope that goes up and then back down onto the regular uh, floor for the bathroom. And mm-hmm. so the... T- I've done it for people who need a wheel in a wheelchair or a uh, bed for taking a shower, things like that. Uh, in fact, I just 
did one. Uh, I was at that house yesterday uh, finishing up some minor stuff uh, so that the homeowner can move back in. And it is the only key thing that you got to remember is you're either going to, you got to use something small for the tile. Don't try to do it with, you know, a 12 by 12 or, or large pieces. If you can do the little one by one or the little hexagon or uh, even the little rock type. Uh, I got the little river rock stuff, yeah. Okay. that that It looks gorgeous uh, when you do it with the river rock and you, you can just stop it outside and then put whatever floor you want in the rest of the bathroom. But um, it, basically, you can raise it up as high as you want. If you get it up, say, two inches or so, that will keep the water from coming out. Okay. Uh, is there any point in grinding the shower down where the drain would be to create the the height difference if you needed to do that? No. No. Okay. You, and... Uh, Personally, I wouldn't worry a whole lot on that four inches. Perfect. All right. That that settles my, all my questions. Thank you very all much. All right. Now, I want to give you one cautionary note. When you when you do one of those rolling uh, like that, make sure you keep the, the peak of it straight across because if you ever wanted to put like a glass shower door enclosure or something like that, it gives you the top of the ridge to put it on. Perfect. That makes perfect sense. All right. Take care. Uh, thank you. You have a great day. Bye. And I, I, I do. I love those things. Uh, the first one I did, I, I did it on a uh, charity job where uh, it was a police officer who was in a car accident and was completely paralyzed. And oh, it, it just worked so well. We turned that whole bathroom into a shower, basically, so everything could get wet even though we made it to where the the shower was the main area because we were taking an existing house and making it where you could put a complete bed into the shower. And I've done two more since then, and they, they really do work out extremely well. And this came in from uh, Larry in Fort Worth, and he says, driveways in the shade. After all this wet weather, it has a lot of mold. Other than a pressure washer... Is there something I can use that won't harm plants and grass? Thanks. Well, there actually is. Now, I will tell you up front, I personally use a pressure washer. I've got one of those uh, big heads that's on wheels and looks like a big floor buffer. Hook it up to the pressure washer and do the driveway that way. It's usually good for about a year or so. But they do make a product. Uh, you can use one of two things, either wet and forget or spray and forget and you spray it onto the driveway and it eats away at all the molds and mildews and all the stuff that we just don't want on there and it does leave a residual effect where it'll help keep it clean for a while but what that will not take off is all the dirt and stuff that's built up in the pores of the concrete and that's the reason I like using a pressure washer so you can go either way, but I, I will tell you, with all this rain we've been having, I just did pressure wash. I shouldn't say that. I had that new son-in-law do it uh, about uh, nine, ten months ago. And yes, we got some areas that are turning green where it's underneath the crepe myrtles. Other than that, the rest of it stayed real good. So uh, if you got a lot of tree coverage, I, I fully understand, but I still would encourage you to pressure wash it 
then you can use the spray and forget or wet and forget uh, to keep the mildew that grows from coming. So and you can find that at most nurseries, uh, garden department at the box stores, places like that. When we left, I was talking with Nathan and Tom Ball, and sorry about that, Nathan. No, no problem. And also, at um, at, at what point do you make the decision if the house is worth saving or if it's worth just putting something else on the property? Well, and just starting over. A house has got to be pretty darn bad before you say tear it down and start over i mean oh it's not that bad yeah uh quite frankly i very i I don't typically find anything that can't be rebuilt now if the roof is starting to collapse and you know it's got severe water damage yeah then it gets to the point where they're not rebuilding but if it's been kept dry and the stud walls are still good everything else can be redone Okay. No, I'm not even. I'm not even near that. But um, okay. When I start looking at everything my wife wants to put in it, um, you know. Oh well. Now, see, you you brought up a different story. Now, it's, it's now you're not talking. Can the house be saved? You're talking about what your wife wants, and now you're building a new one. Right. Right. Because it's gonna. <laughs> um, yeah. Exactly. Because it's you know it's gonna go down to the sticks and. I imagine I'll be out of it for six to eight months until it's finished. Yeah. But, but at that know, point, you can pretty much do with it what you want. And, and let me, the things I would take a look at is if you take it down to the studs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if the electric is old, that's the time to it upgrade is. it. Up, upgrade the water system, all that kind of stuff. And if you want to move walls or anything like that, that's the time to do it. Right, because that, that's what we're doing. We're, you know, we're, we're definitely taking out load-bearing walls and things like that. And mm. so um, I'm now, just trying it, to see if it makes more sense to just build another one. But, I mean, what's the in, cost, you know, variance on it? Well, in today's market, you're going to be better off rebuilding what you got. I mean... You know, studs and and you know, lumber and stuff has just skyrocketed to the point where <clears throat> it, it it's uh, almost not feasible to build a house right now. A lot of contractors are putting their slabs down and holding off on building. Okay, okay, because yeah, this is something that we we're going to start in um, September. Yep. You know, and, and just uh, just FYI for everybody, I, I've been saying that I expected it to be about six months. But because so many builders are just putting slabs in and waiting for the lumber costs to come down, they're actually going to cause the 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 high prices to extend longer because they're putting off starting. They're not buying now. And so as prices do begin to drop just a little bit, then they're going to jump in and buy, and that's going to still hold the prices artificially high. And right. this could go on for for a year okay yeah we can't wait that long no so yeah rebuild what you got you're much better off as far as a septic system is this a the old style septic or is it aerobics or what you got no it's it's definitely the old style septic that has to be pumped out and all that okay there's not much of an inspection on those i mean either the leach field is working or it's not 
Uh, but it, I would call one of the uh, septic companies, you know, one of the pump companies, and they're okay. the ones who actually do inspections of them. Okay. And they're very local. I mean, most of those guys don't travel more than five miles, 10 miles at most. So you'll have to okay. find one who's right there in the area. All right. Well, that, that sounds perfect. I appreciate your time today. You bet. You take care, Nathan. All right. Thank you. You do the same. Bye. Yeah, and, and just real quick, on the cost of lumber, I've been saying now for the last probably two months, I was expecting the cost to be dropping in about six months. And I don't think that's going to happen at this point because I've now seen just the track home builders even are putting off starting the construction because they don't want to pay the higher price. And what's going to happen, the minute it starts dropping, people are going to start buying and that is going to push the house, the, the lumber cost up again. So I think we're going to see prices kind of staying up where they're at for a little longer than originally anticipated simply because the way we're all reacting. It will eventually come down. I'm just not sure how quick. Let's head to Will in Houston. How can I help you? Hey, I've got a question. I have a rolling backsliding glass door. Yeah. It's not shutting great. Um, and just kind of wanted to get your thoughts. We've tried to adjust the wheels. You know, you've got the, the little adjustment pins yep. in the back. And that hadn't really worked. I just... You know, how do you know whether it's time to replace it or to try to fix it again? When you get to the point where the adjustments won't let it work anymore, then the rollers are wore out and it's time to replace it. Okay, and you replace the whole door. There's no way to replace just that bottom mechanism. No, they don't have a have it where you can replace the the rollers and stuff. How, how old a door is it? Oh, it's at least ten years old. It's pretty oh, old. that that's that's not old though. Uh, okay. Typically, well, a door a door should last a good twenty five plus years. Okay. So okay. I'm I'm thinking that yeah the rollers may have some adjustment and keep in mind that the top rollers are adjustable as well. So if you're trying to you know tighten the bottom ones to lift the door up off the plate a little bit, you may have to loosen the top to give it room to go. Okay, that's an interesting thought. Thank you very much, sir. I you bet. The time. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Yeah, it, it, truly, I, I can't stress this enough to everybody. It is homeowners beware of contractors. The regulations in Texas for contractors are nil. Anybody can throw a magnetic sign on their truck and say they are a contractor. The only licensing, like I said, you got electricians, their license. You got plumbers, their license. AC technicians, their license. But the company itself is not. We had a couple of questions about hiring contractors today and people being ripped off with contractors and stuff. And, the, you know, that freeze brings out everybody trying to be a contractor to, to uh, make money and, and do jobs and Quite frankly, we have to be careful who we hire. Like I said, there is not licensing. There's no background checks or anything like that in Texas. Now, there are a couple of cities who do a little bit. Uh, San Antonio, for instance, you got to go through a an FBI fingerprint check in order to get where you can pull permits there. 
Why? I got no idea. It's totally ridiculous and a waste of the FBI's time. But here's the things I would look for. If you're hiring a contractor, make sure they have an office. You know, if they don't have an office, they're just a suitcase contractor. Make sure they have insurance, employees, not just subs. And granted, all contractors are going to have subs that work for them, but they got to have some of their own employees as well. How long have they been in business under this company name? And that's something you can get the company name from them and go on a website and check with the state how long it's been in business. Because a lot of guys... They'll start a business, never register it, don't pay taxes on it and stuff. If they're not doing that, how are they going to stand behind their work? These are the things we can easily check out and protect ourselves. West-facing garage, bedroom, above it. Oh, we got so many garages with rooms above them. So it's, Jim, I need to insulate the garage. And not sure how. Have insulated the door, but garage still warm. Worse still, bedrooms have above, has cathedral ceiling, also west-facing and warm. Have upgraded windows, but don't know what else to do. Several insulation companies have all given me very expensive quotes, confused, and need help. Well, Ann, it's going to be somewhat expensive to fix, and here's why. You don't have access to the garage ceiling or garage or a room floor in order to add insulation to help with that situation as far as the floor is concerned. Now, the cathedral ceiling, same problem. There's just, what are you going to do? You know, uh, the chances are, and, and, you know, I'm having to take this guess because I'm, uh, we're not talking, but chances are you've got fiberglass insulation in there. Now, if it was being built new, I would tell you to put foam insulation in that cathedral ceiling because inch for inch it gives you the highest R value. But when something is already built, the way you have to access it is to take the sheetrock down, insulate, and put it back. Now, they do have non-expansive foam insulations you can inject. uh, And depending on how sloped the cathedral ceiling is, will depend on if that'll work or not, but you're still going to have sheetrock repairs to do. So that's why it gets so expensive to do these type of things. Now, something you can do that will somewhat help, it's not as good as changing out all the insulation, but it definitely does help, would require you to repaint inside on that cathedral ceiling. And there's a product that you can get called Cool Coat. It's spelled K-O-O-L. C-O-A-T, cool coat. And basically, you just mix it into the paint so you can use it with any paint. It's ceramic beads, and you paint it on to the ceiling, and it acts as a radiant barrier to reflect that heat back. Uh, You know, just stops it from coming through. That will help with the cathedral ceiling, but it won't do anything for the garage floor. On the garage floor, though, you do have access to the garage ceiling where you could put the Energy Q radiant barrier. The nice thing about the Energy Q radiant barrier is it's multi-layer with a thermal break in the middle, so you can sandwich it in between materials. On a ceiling like that, you could literally staple it to the ceiling and you know, not be letting the heat transfer up into that room. The downside, 
you're now looking at radiant barriers. So your ceiling in your garage is going to be silver. Nice when you turn the light on because it reflects the light and, you know, gives you added light in, in the garage. But other than that, let's be real. It's not real nice to look at just radiant barrier. So, the, you know, your only other choice is you either take the uh, ceiling down in the garage to put insulation between the floors or the next time you change the flooring upstairs, you take the wood floor up, you know, the plywood or whatever, and insulate it that way. Other than that, uh, that's what makes it an expensive repair. Jerry, how can I help you? Mister, yes, I, I got two questions. One of them is uh, you get those little holes in the, where the mortar is and, uh, you know, patching those up. I was reading somewhere that you can you can spray something on the brick and then uh, that's clear and that will cover up cracks and stuff even in the brick and the mortar. Or the mortar and the brick meat. Yeah, that's uh, true. It's 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 not going to cover them. Uh, I think what you're talking about is a water sealer that you can add, you know, spray onto brick and and the mortar. And basically, yes, what it does is it keeps where moisture, water doesn't soak into the brick and mortar any longer, and that's. It doesn't eliminate it completely, but it drastically reduces uh, the damage that the moisture is causing to your mortar. So, yes, if if you're having that type of situation, definitely worth putting it on. And um, what about the, the the mortar holes? I mean, I've been put putting mortar in there, but man, it's pretty time consuming. Yeah. No any way easier way to plug them up? Nope. Nope, it, it is time-consuming. It's just a matter of mixing the mortar and, and uh, putting right. it in there. And uh, Now, like I say, once you spray that uh, sealer on there, you should be done with that. Oh, okay, so then if you, even if you've got a hole, like an uh, eighth of an inch hole in there, that would seal that up? Well, quite frankly, just because you get a little eighth of an inch hole, don't worry about it. The way a house is designed, the brick is nothing more than a veneer. And so if moisture goes through, it runs down the backside, and that's what the weep holes are for is to let it run back out. Uh, a little eighth-inch hole or something is nothing to lose any sleep over. So uh, keeping out bugs and crap like that out of it. Yeah, even, even so, you, you don't got to worry about the bugs because I don't know if you're aware of this, but like the freeze board on the top, you can see uh-huh. how big a gap there is between the uh, brick and the freeze board. The bugs can go uh, right up over in there behind that wall all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I caught that up. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> but my last question real quick. Sure. Is, uh, on my ceiling, I don't have any insulation. I almost built a 70s and I bought it four years ago. Uh, should I have, should I blow insulation up there on the ceiling? In the whole house? The first floor. Well, no, I've got, I've got a two-story, but... Uh, over the kitchen and then to one side and uh, bedroom to the right side, just one story. Okay. But, uh, and there's no insulation. Over, there's no insulation in that area. Uh, there is on the, on the on the first floor or on the second floor, but I mean, as far as the it, you, all you got is wood up there. You don't have any insulation up there at all. Yes, if you, if you have at, attic access and there's a floor there or you know uh, where you can walk over there. It should have insulation. 
Okay, the walk-in area, yes, but what about the ceiling? Do you need to have anything on the ceiling? The the. I mean, you got the nails showing and everything. There's nothing there. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. No, the root the 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 ceiling of the attic does not get insulation. It does need it. No, it does not. So it wouldn't make any difference just leaving nope, it alone. No, that doesn't help you at all. Sean in Euless sends in, I want to tile a walk-in shower in a pyramid beam house. I'm thinking of using the Schluter shower system because they say it has a decoupling system that allows for more movement. I also plan on reinforcing the floor. What do you think? Well, you can use that type of system if you want, but quite frankly, they have built pyramid beam block and base homes for hundreds of years and been able to put showers in them with no big problems uh, especially if you're going to reinforce the floor some the big thing you know if the whole structure goes down it's not going to cause the cracking anyways it's when you start getting differential movement nearby that it could cause a crack that way and even if you use that uh, Schluter system it can still do it it's not a foolproof system. So, you know, uh, if you want to reinforce it, you can go with the old mud and bed. Or, if you want to really not have to worry about it, you'll go with a system where you've got a one-piece for the walk-in shower floor, which is a single-piece man-made material, and then put the panels on the walls. You know, you can get very nice systems that way. Onyx makes some really good ones. And then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to do anything else other than put that in there, and you're you're done. And the only place where there's any seams or joints of any kind are in the corners themselves, because the walls are are single piece, the floor is a single piece. Everything it you know just matches up, and you just plain don't have to worry about it. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.